0: This is an Annapolis bonus podcast. All right. Much to my disappointment, I braved the traffic on Route 2 North coming up to Saverna Park to meet with George Young yeah. from DCMDVA Weather here. We're at a new place to me. It's been around for probably about six months, uh, JB's, which is a
1: great new sort of sports bar, I would say, isn't it? It's a big sports bar. It's, it looks like 50 TVs or 30 or 40. I mean, there's a bunch of TVs, so... Yeah, sports bar, you know, bar food. For those for those of a certain age, it's
0: the old Bill Bateman's. The old Bill Bateman's,
1: uh, So much lighter and brighter inside of JBS.
0: Right. Well, they've also they're also the same folks uh, the that own the Pratt Street Ale House, Oliver Brewing, right, or, right over here, Park Tavern, and yep. the and the old Deep Creek, which I always draw a blank on. I think it begins with the L. Yeah. Um, but it's. Uh, They've got all, all, all of those, so you can tell that the food is probably pretty spot on. I had a smash burger, which was good, and yep. you had some sticks, and were they Standard okay?
1: Standard mozzarella sticks with
0: Sangu- well, a couple of Guinness. We're not here to review the menu; you can do that on your own. Come on up, um, but we wanted to talk about the weather because we are recording this on the eve of the start of the hurricane season, right? Isn't it, it June first?
1: Two for tomorrow, even today's two for Tuesday. But tomorrow, Wednesday, June 1st, is start of hurricane season and the start of meteorological summer. So they go hand in hand. And meteorological summer being June through August, kind of metric system of seasons versus June 21st, astronomical. Okay, Right? So... Yeah, it is the start of hurricane season, technically, which is one of the dumbest things ever created. Like, there's a season for storms to form, and then November 30th is the end of the season, and Blame, nothing it, blame, blame it on the Bible.
0: It was like Ecclesiastes, right? was everything? Ecclesi- turn, turn, yeah. turn, there's a season.
1: But yes, June 1st is the start of—and almost, as I say it's stupid, it might be right on cue that, as we were just talking— Agatha, a storm in the Pacific in a different naming convention, is about to move across Mexico and it could reform in the Gulf of Mexico more or less and be named the first named storm of the 2022 season, which will be Alex, I think is well, the name. Well, that's
0: kind of weird that a, a storm would start in the Pacific. I guess it's just a matter of where it hits. I mean, in the, you know, Central America is the, the weak point, I guess, in the continents. Yeah. Uh, And it's probably pretty easy just to slide across Mexico or whatever the Central America. And that's uh, kind of interesting that it could come across. Because, I mean, most hurricanes start off in Africa and come across the Atlantic and then get caught up in the warm waters and then do their thing.
1: Yeah, or there is, uh, you know, something moves off the west coast of kind of Mexico or Central America and then becomes a a Pacific hurricane. And a lot of times... They tend to just go uh, west, you know, and they'll end up they could ultimately then cross a certain point uh, on the map. And then they become they go from a hurricane to a a typhoon and they can hit, you know, the Philippines or even. So they'll make a long journey, but a lot of times not. They could even form out there. But this one. These storms, they cut themselves off from the rest of the weather systems, the frontal boundaries and the normal things that kind of run our daily things. So these storms then are dependent on the steering currents around them. What are the winds of all the normal things, the high and low pressures around, Mm -hmm. doing? And so, yeah, sometimes the steering currents, the winds just kind of push it back to the east. Usually they hit Mexico or Central America. There's mountains there. It, It usually just shreds them apart. And it flattens them out. With Agatha, the first named storm of the Pacific season, it was the strongest storm in, uh, and it reached category, almost category three level as a hurricane, and it was the strongest May hurricane on record. So it got up to 105 miles per hour, maybe just five or 10 below the threshold for category three. So because of that strength, as it weakens on its way across Mexico, it still might have enough left. Now, it'll probably go below even tropical depression level but it'll have enough juice to it that once it gets into the warmer waters of the gulf there's now as of may 31st a better than 50 percent chance that it has enough in it with the right conditions in the gulf that it will form into another low pressure and if it forms in our atlantic basin then it gets a new name it'll be called alex if it if it withheld it, if it kept its properties as a tropical depression or stronger, it would keep the name Agatha, even though it's coming from a different naming system. It's huh, kind of weird. Interesting,
0: but. interesting. Well, I, I've heard that the this year is, and, and I think I've heard this for like every year for the last 10 years, it seems, like, oh, it's going to be an extra busy hurricane season. And it, it seems to be just like a standard talking point. Is
1: that, I mean, is well, there... <laughs> it's definitely my forecast. It's everyone else's forecast. And here's the reason, because you're working off of uh, 30-year averages, and uh, the the average of what used to be just can't compete with the way it is now, even though it's incorporating the last 10 years into this 30-year average. So the average number of named storms, I believe, is like 10 point something, you know, let's say right. 10 or 11. And almost every year for the last 20 years, there have been maybe two or three where it's been 10 named storms, but we've had one at 28, one at 30, you know, a lot of 15s and 19s. So this standard, this is why you and I do these things, the standard outlook is twofold. Above average temperatures every year based on the 30-year average and above average named storms. There's also something else, though, John, that goes into the name storm thing, which is there's so much better and more technology for seeing a storm, analyzing its properties and everything that a couple storms probably get named that before would have never have been named. They would not have seen it as well with uh, enhanced radar and other things, satellites, and they would not have investigated with uh, flights into the storm. That makes sense. So you get a little bit of a bump because of the technology, but... You just, but not too much.
0: And we discussed last time that, too, that this is all really sort of a result of the global warming.
1: It's just getting warmer. So, there's so the everyone's above average for this year. And uh, I really think it's going to be a, a 20 plus named storm year because a lot of factors are up. There's this ongoing La Nina that's in effect. So, what that means, cooler waters in the Pacific warmer waters in the Atlantic. So, uh, the observed measurements of sea surface temperatures in the Atlantic and the Gulf of Mexico, they're well above average. And, uh, so is the kind of the flow off of the West coast of Africa. So, uh, you have these lighter winds, these trade winds. So you're just going to have the right combination of, uh, potential really is ultimately what it is. So, Uh, The potential is there on almost every kind of uh, factor that you would look for. And then it's just a matter of what happens, right? But so, you know, you get a bunch of storms that form out in the Atlantic and they curve even east of Bermuda and we never get anything from them. But we've also gotten a bunch of hits. Last year was uh, Ida, which was the one that came through September 1st for us and, and produced the F2, EF2 tornado. And that was a remnant of a big storm that that hit the Gulf Coast, and so I'm I'm saying twenty plus storms. The average is ten or eleven named storms. I think the average number of hurricanes is of uh, whatever five well, or six. I'm going back
0: to my like fifth grade science class, I mean, and for a hurricane you need heat, you need uh, moisture, all of water, the ocean, yeah, and you need wind, right? Are those the three sort of the things that make well, it?
1: That It'll create its own wind. You just need that heat in the ocean because you need a little bit of low pressure. So something that creates its own little circulation, and then it uses the heat from the ocean to fuel itself. And then you don't want too much wind competing around it because it'll shear it kind of in half, right? If if or it'll or it'll bring some uh, drier air in from from the uh, from the U.S. So if, and if we remove the heat out of
0: the out of the out of the equation, then we don't have anything.
1: I mean, to to the, point, it's sort of like a
0: fire. I mean, you need oxygen, heat, and and something to burn.
1: That's it, right? So if you took the heat out of the equation, it would, or the temperature, right? So you have the air temp and then the heat, of the, which is helping the water be warmer. If you took that out, so it kind of begs the question of, why don't we have some kind of device that, you know, like a pool, it's the same in the ocean. The further you go down, it's colder. Why are we not turning the water over somehow because and, and we see this with actual hurricanes. When a hurricane especially a strong one takes a certain path it turns the water over. It's called upwelling. It makes the water from the bottom come up because it's been so turbulent and then you don't typically see more storm formation right away in the wake of that storm because the the water's been turned over. So why are we not doing something to just turn the water over a little bit to just cool the surface. It's the surface layer. However much depth you want to measure that at, 10 meters, 40 meters, I don't know what the number is. All right, so everybody's
0: going down to Ocean City or over to Sandy Point State Park, just get out kick. in the water and start kicking around, man. <laughs> which,
1: you know, clearly goes against what you saw in Jaws, right, which is don't kick the water. So yeah, you need some kind of drone or what out, whatever out there. Just make a, you know, a metal shark that kicks the water. But if you could upwell the water and cool the sea surface temperatures, you would then have a different ball game. Again, everything's easier, and there are always a million unintended consequences. So we probably would kill the sure. ecosystem of the ocean by doing that. But. I don't know. Yeah, they I think they, we're need, they, need, they need to watch the Chesapeake Bay Trust come. Or the yeah, we have some problems, <laughs> especially where we live. But it's happening one way or the other. You know, the, the water's so warm now. Things are dying off and, you know, barrier, reef barriers and all that stuff. It's just that there's a problem either way. So pick your poison in, in a kind of a decision-making mindset, but there should be something that we could do aren't we the smartest species on the planet it just doesn't you, always you know I, I, I
0: watch the news every day and i'm, I'm going to disagree with you there we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're pretty pretty freaking dumb
1: yeah right but we've tried things in the past like seeding clouds and right. you know and and so it's not as easy as it sounds but that's the deal you nailed it it's uh you need hot water to to then fuel the storm and then then it's good to go and usually i mean the water's still cold in the atlantic i mean it's above average but it's still not warm if you're in the ocean off the uh you know del marva coast i'm sure it's still probably in the 60s
0: sure absolutely well i want to move a little bit closer regular and i've learned over the years and speaking with you to uh, avoid so george what's the weather going to be like this summer um Mm -hmm. (laughs) because Uh you sit there and tell me the same thing is that well it beats the hell out of me it's above average
1: but uh, it it is is with confidence four days from now and in but after that you just don't know, right? Because one little thing, sort of butterfly effect, you know, like one little thing makes something else change and then your forecast. The, the, this past weekend, Memorial Day weekend, was a great example. Early in the week, last week, it was like, it's going to be a great weekend. And then around Tuesday or Wednesday, fortunately, I didn't change my stance, even though I normally tend to go with the models and stuff. I kind of held with, like, it's going to be a great weekend. But you saw a bunch of sources. All of across the board say, out. "Hey, it's it's going to get rainy on you know because the models started to change because the the cold front was slowing down and you know and it just didn't play out that way. We had a great day on Saturday, you know, and the whole weekend was awesome. So it was a, a just a case study in even three days out with the best forecasters in the region, uh, professional forecasters on TV, whatever, um, you know, they were getting tripped up because." They have a tendency, in my opinion, to do what's called model riding more than anyone else. And I get it because they're super public facing with, you know, TV and and so they just kind of ride the models. It's not that they're not forecasting and they're wicked smart and everything, but it's so easy. It's so tempting for anyone that forecasts the weather, whether it's me, this independent one one man show or those guys with big corporations behind them. To see the models do something and to, to just ride them because if the model's right, they're going to look foolish if they didn't go with it, you know. So that's what happened last weekend. Well, again,
0: another thing, too, also with, I think, with the television stations and the regional radio stations, you, you know, talk, they're obviously forecasting and looking at a much larger area than DCMDVA weather is, um, which is primarily focused on that whole Delmarva Marba D.C., D. C., Maryland, Virginia.
1: Yeah, pretty much, uh, you know, D.C., Baltimore, Annapolis, eastern shore to a certain point to maybe like, I don't know. I, I kind of say Fredericksburg, but it's more like, you right. know, Dumfries or something, sure. you know.
0: But, but, I mean, we've, you know, we're we're very tightly and you know the area. I mean, you know how the winds work and everything else. I mean, yeah. we've talked about when we talk about snow, how, you know, right. if, if, if it's coming across and hits 95, it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, might as well just build a wall right up there because yeah. it ain't. It ain't coming out here, um, but what do you see? Is do you think we're going to have an active summer? I mean, I, I know summertime is storms, is squalls that come in. I mean, it's always a dangerous time. We unfortunately last weekend we lost somebody that jumped out of a of a boat to cool off off of Sandy Point oh, yeah. and uh, got caught up in some uh, currents. Uh, he was off offshore. It wasn't like he was swimming, so he was in deeper water, and um, you know he he passed away. A boater picked him up, and they just couldn't revive him, but. Do you and you know several years ago we heard about the uh, water taxi up in Baltimore yep. where the squall came through and it overturned that I mean do you think we're going to have an active summer and I mean you personally also had uh, yeah. you know the the years of the, the derecho came in yeah uh, took your roof out and then some
1: 10 years uh, this summer for the the derecho of 2012 and you know even uh, in addition to the the boater I mean there are two two examples uh, instances already in Arundel County. This year with trees falling and, and, you know, they resulted in a loss of life and and one in Annapolis and one in Crofton. And and so the the big takeaway is this, you know, listen to whatever source that you want. There's always going to be thunderstorms, so it's going to be active. Um, We've been pretty fortunate, really, to to May 31st. There hasn't been a ton of flash flood watches and warnings. And, you know, it's been kind of minimal. We had some severe weather last week. Uh, we might have some later this week, but uh, that's just the way it goes. Um, the takeaway is the one thing to remember, it, and it gets lost in the messaging because if it's not the like the uh, biggest risk factor, the moderate risk for severe storms right. with the, then people just tend to tune out and say it's not going to happen. But the reality is, any thunderstorm once it forms has the capability and potential. To produce a tornado and and flash flood, you know, because they just have the same basic properties. So you you just can't mess with, there's no back button for lightning if it hits you. There's no back button when, when you have uh, a tree falling and, and it either works out or, or it doesn't. So, yeah, I just think uh, with a warmer climate, with more precipitable water in the atmosphere, a little more hu- atmosphere, a little more humid kind of environment with more water in the air, we're just going to see more. We've seen so much in the last three or four years in terms of flood warnings and flash flood warnings. Well, I mean, I keep thinking too of Ellicott City, and I mean, you know, and you mentioned, you
0: know, you know, keep an eye when you hear about it, keep an eye, ear out, keep an eye out on whatever your source may be. Uh, Ellicott City didn't do it two years, I think, in a row, or maybe they skipped a year or whatever. But I mean, you look at that, and you would have ever thought a main street in Ellicott City would be chest high with water, just sending cars and dumpsters and you know down down the street like it is now granted they've got a couple different rivers that you know creeks that come in there and, yeah. and it creates a, a channel for it if you will but again that's something that came up so quickly it trapped people in the restaurants it trapped people in stores and you know and i think there were a few deaths in both of those
1: yeah the first one had a couple people and the second one one person but it you know, the the waterways, the local creeks and rivers, I mean clearly that's an influence. But these were anomalous events. I mean these were four to six plus inches of rain in two to three hours. You you can't compete with that. Wherever it occurs. If there's a, a river or a creek, well I remember it's going when they said overwhelm. it was like it was like
0: it was like a hundred year event and then two years later it was like <laughs> Yeah.
1: <happened again. laughs> was I think it was a thousand year event. It just was or, uh extreme.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, it's a good example of what the force of weather can be. And, and we talked about local creeks and streams. I mean, gosh knows, in Anne Arundel County, there are a zillion of them. I mean, we've yep. obviously got the big rivers, but all the tributaries that go around them. And not all of them are very close to roads, but there are a lot of little tiny creeks and streams that do. And that can come up real quickly. And one of the biggest warnings we can give anybody i guess is you know when you see the high water and it it, i mean it it makes for a great little jingle and a great little psa but damn don't dive don't drive through that thing
1: yeah turn around don't drown right is the is the saying from the national weather service but it's so tempting to think especially people have it seems more suvs than ever so you're a little higher up bigger car but it it's uh it's usually not a winning battle to to even take on so just don't do it it, and it's uh, the sometimes you have no choice. You just run into it if it's dark out and you you don't know where you are. Like even right. from around here, you know, sure. I, I could be, I don't know, off a of forest drive or something somewhere that I've been a, a thousand times, but I don't know it every day, and I don't know where the the tributaries are, and it could just it's it's just a problem. So the only way to combat it is just be. You know, I I have the saying: always oh, we stay weather informed. Just just be in the know and 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 stay to. And it's so easy to say that because other people have other interests, <laughs> right? Sure, they don't they don't look at the weather every hour like I'm doing just because I do it. But even in general, they don't. They just don't hear it. You know, they might not hear the warning. You know, so we you know have hear better. When the, when the cell phone goes off, that's when it's great. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That happened um, last week. Around here, you know, in Severna Park, it, it went off. I don't. It probably yeah, there did in some Annapolis too. for a tornado warning. That was, you know, and the uh, it's a good system to have because it gets your attention on a device that oh, pretty oh, much. Oh, it
0: absolutely does. That uh, everybody and, has. And then the, and the um, you
1: know, you know, the Amber Alerts. Amber, and the, same and, and, thing. You hear it and see it. The downside is it's, it's kind great of on a Zoom call. Great on a Zoom call. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> But it's county-wide, or, or it's, it's uh, I don't think Citywide. it's poly. They can do it by zip code. By it's zip pretty, code. It's pretty cool. It's, um, it, it matches up. You know, I, I'm looking at red and yellow polygons, right? A red polygon on the radar right. is a tornado warning. A yellow one's a severe thunderstorm warning. They just indicate something. So um, you just uh, you just have to stay aware and then hope that it works out. True. Which is uh, not reassuring advice. That's true. But what's up? What's up? And what's new with DCMDVA weather? <clears throat> you know, uh, same tools are in place, and I, th- I, I. The app is the best around. The app is going well. Uh, websites kind of the same. I switched over to uh, DCMDVAWeather.info. That was it. Was probably last fall. So uh, all good. You know, good traffic. Everyone still uses that. Social media. I've added. Uh, uh, Instagram, you know. You doing TikTok yet? I haven't really <laughs> made the leap into TikTok. My daughters are uh 12 and 13 and I'm sure they would they would help me out with that. i um, let them do it. I you know, I I have a, a little bit of a game plan in mind, but I think my bigger game plan here, I'm trying to think like what am I really Doing here besides my own thing that I love to do this passion thing that eating mozzarella sticks and drinking eating beer mozzarella sticks and and drinking beer, but what do I want to do with this moving forward and and I have i 'll say it now I, I think I want to become this nonprofit just from a structural standpoint, but I ultimately want to become almost like uh, I played baseball in college and so I love baseball and I want to become I think this minor league system of college atmospheric science meteorology students that can intern with me i've had interns before was a great case study it worked out really well two of the three got placed one with the national weather service one with a private forecasting company out of kansas and i was a reference for them they did an internship with dcmdv dmv weather at the time and landed two of the three with jobs which is it's cool And probably because of that experience and just because, like, I'm not going to become AccuWeather, it's just not my desire. But I want to be—and so what it does is, what it did for them is it gave them a chance to have even just a small time but real taste of how to forecast something, communicate it to the public, and have a little bit of cadence to your adult life and day. And I think it helped them. They, They did well. And then they moved on, and, and they're in the private. One's, one's governmental with the NWS, and one's with the private forecasting service. Great. Pretty neat. So I think that's what I'm going to try to do moving forward is to formalize it a bit more, reach out to dozens of universities. I started with my own at UNC Asheville, great meteorology department. But there are plenty out there. And, and to have that as, like, a thing... And now, I'm not trying to build a legacy or whatever, but I'm just trying to do something with what I've already done at this point. And I think that's the best path forward. Otherwise, it's me holding contests on Facebook for well, gift cards, which is fun. But. There are so many different ways you can go with meteorology.
0: and I mean, you, you happen to mention and forecasting, you mentioned, I mean, obviously we know the, you know, the weather guy's on TV. We got, you know, yeah. we got we got Tony Pan. Okay, Tony he's, Pan. He, he's sitting there Topper talking. Shot. You know, we've got Justin Burke. That we, you know, everybody knows um, what's going on. We've got WTOP. We've got the Washington Post. The weather, the weather gang. We've yep. got, you know, you, you've got these ones. But a lot of people don't realize, that. and exactly what you're doing. Okay, you know, with in a partnership with Ion Annapolis. I mean, you are really hyper focused on Anne Arundel County again because you you live here. You know, you know the area, and not so much somebody that's watching models up in maybe southern Pennsylvania or, you know, wherever it may be, um, you can say, yeah, okay, well, the model does say this, but you know what, I think this is going to be not 100% right all the time, but, you know, neither is anybody else. And and you would never expect that. But it's, um, you know, and that's what I think is really neat when you look at what people that may be studying meteorology or forecasting can get into. I mean, you mentioned private. You know, I know that there's lots of organizations that, you know, I'm sure that... um, Live Nation, the people that put on all the concerts all over the yeah, world. I'm like sure that. that they probably employ a, a number of right. people that are sitting there going, okay, well, can we get Coachella in? You know, can we That's right. know, can we blow this storm out of the way? Yeah. Um, you know, large organizations that have you know, you just look for protecting assets that may be going around
1: the one around the world. For sure. There's there's a ton and I I do it and have done it with a few business owners locally, you know, and people I know and, um, you know, and it it helps them with their operations. I don't charge anything. It's just more friendly. Like, hey, you're having this event this weekend. You're good, but watch out for, you know, that that type of thing. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll update you the morning of. Um, I'm just doing it anyway. So it's working out. But that's exactly it. They're protecting their assets. There are a lot of tons of dollars on the line for uh, businesses of all types to say. But the weather disruption, yeah. I mean, you
0: know, the airline industry, I'm sure, has a zillion of, of you guys. So. That's
1: it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm certainly following uh, hundreds of meteorologists is the thing I've done over the last several years on LinkedIn just to see their, you know, their, their deal. And it's like, I just joined uh, United Airlines. I just joined this private company. You know, a a lot of private companies have their own... Meteorologists, a lot that you would think, of course they do, and some that you would go, I would have never have thought of that. And then there are private companies that they operate 24-7, just like the National Weather Service. They have their own nighttime shift, and they have their clients, and, you know, those clients are waiting for a message at 3 a.m. to say, don't open tomorrow. This thing's sticking around, and, you know, that that has a lot of money on the line. Stop or go. Stop Stop or go, especially uh, in wintertime in certain parts of the country, right? You're going to have to plow these parking lots or or whatever so i've thought about that i could do it it would be awesome i just don't think it's what i'm going to do so uh i don't know follow your dream some kind of altruistic non-profit uh you know for the the betterment of society i don't know In, in the end i've had a bunch of people say it's just so cool what you do like you're you're helping people stay prepared I don't know what I'm doing for any one individual in our region. That's listening. I see a lot of people post it's all, you know, generally positive and cool. If it helps one person, except I'm for the periodic the- fight about D-
0: DCMDVA is is, it's not, yeah. is this Delmarva peninsula? You s- yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: You get that all the time. The- yeah. That comes up. Um, but you know, I'm just doing it because I love it. And that has made it the best thing I've ever done is it I've, this has been seven days a week for seven years at this point. I've I've have not really missed a day. So that's where we're headed with it, and it's going to be a stormy summer, just like every summer, and I think a very active tropical system summer in fall. Well, the moral of the
0: story is to keep an eye on the weather on pretty much a daily basis to find out because it can change in a heartbeat. That's it. Uh, a good place to do that is at our daily uh, news brief every morning. Every Monday through Friday morning, yeah, yeah. Uh, and when the uh, when the shit hits the fan, we we the come occasional. out we come out with yep. with need. And uh, I say everyone, unless I screw up on uh, Dropbox or something like that, and then I end up having to hack away at it. But no. George is with us every single day, uh, come hell or high water, whether he's sick or not sick yep. or whatever it may be, <laughs> and doing such a great job though. I mean, obviously, I mean uh, you you missed a few, um, and that's. You know, much better much better track record than uh, most anybody else that's been in the area. Yeah. And, um, you yeah, the app is wonderful. Again, dcmdvaweather.info is the website. Yep. And from there you can get the web – you can get the um, – well, you've got all sorts of great resources on there, number one. But There's, you can get the app you know, right from there.
1: There is a ton of stuff there, but you can get the app from there. And, again, social media and um, I don't know where else we keep going from. You, oh, last thing, newsletter. I – Uh, should have launched it months ago i've had a bunch of people (laughs) sign up that i should have launched months ago too but i uh i just took a a step that i needed to take months ago uh just this past weekend so there will be a weekly newsletter coming out any week i'll leave it at that oh i'm interested to hear what the content is that's awesome yeah you know it's just going to be like uh, i think a general kind of here's what we just experienced i liked it's maybe it's a business thing Here's what we uh, just went through in the last quarter. Here's what we're up against. Like, so here's here was the weather we just had. Here's what's ahead of us, and here's some national or international in- stuff. In- and then maybe like a did you know or you know like the yeah. if a storm named Agatha is in the Pacific and it keeps its properties, it will stay. You know that kind of thing because some they're just some fun facts, but also you know like I for the longest time would not post anything weather-wise from outside of our region. And then I started to do so every now and then. And when I post, I just did it a week or two ago, this awesome tornado that was in West Texas. It was incredible. And someone got a picture of it, a storm chaser. And I saw it And clearly it's not our region, but it was something that everyone should have seen. I watched one out in Kansas or someplace
0: the other week too. It was was coming around the backside of a Walmart or something like that. But
1: this still picture and I posted it and within, you know, barely a few hours there were over a hundred like you know like it's just people like to see the content so the newsletter will bring additional content outside of our normal like that'd daily be great stuff. well
0: you want to make sure you go to dcmdvaweather.info you can sign up for that when that link comes live there get yep. the webs or get the app yep. of course and um monday through friday at uh, 6 a.m or whenever you'd want to get your podcast you get to um it. George Young will be there and again, you know, thank you as always for everything that you do. I mean, you're uh,
1: spot on and uh, we couldn't do it without you, man. Well, it's been a, a good start. We're almost 5 years in. I always keep track of the time, but um, yeah, hopefully we have another 5 or more. Has it to been 5 in. years? It's, it'll be 5 at the end of August. Wow. September 1st, 2017 was our launch day of the podcast, so Holy 5 years and we still have not really had a good snowstorm. Not that much. Not a blizzard. Not the one we've been waiting for. No, no, no. I want the above the knees. So I'm going on record now to say it comes this winter. Okay, it's 20 20, inches or more.
0: 22, 23.
1: 22, 23. We get 20 inches or more in a single snowstorm. We're way overdue.
0: Says the guy that won't predict the weather more than four days out. (laughs) We'll hold you to it. George, thanks so much. This has been a bonus podcast from Eye on Annapolis please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it, and all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.